0: Welcome to the Unsuccess Podcast, a podcast where we talk about faith and ministry here in Portland, Oregon. I'm David Libby. And I'm Josh Hawk. And today we're going to talk about something that we didn't plan to talk about until five minutes ago. That's how we roll. We've got 45 minutes to burn right now. And David and
1: I are never short of words. We are never short of things to talk about. And you and know, there's... When, like like that saying, when hell freezes over, it's when David and Josh are quiet. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Once we that's, you could use that synonymous
0: once we stop talking, the world is ended the second coming has yeah. happened
1: <laughs> that's fair
0: we're we're gonna give jesus his his time once our time is up yeah is that that's that's, that's it yeah that's that's good right that's good theology Jesus yeah. Jesus can have the mic once we're
1: done <laughs> um well, David, uh, let's jump right in. I mean, we could talk about anything forever, but um, I, I do have a, you know, a thought or a direction specifically I'd like to talk about. And I, I was recalling one of our earlier episodes with, with Tim Hawk, my uncle that we had on last year at some point, and he made a comment that really just resonated with both of us. Um, and And it's just kind of set there for quite some time. But he said, why don't we um, just do good because it's the right thing. Um, and, and that, oh, that, that is just really good and and really has challenged me. And so I want to connect that to some of the good that you and, and St. John's Christian church, the church that, that you lead, that you guys are, are doing and you're attempting. And this good is, um, you know, related or it's, it's connected to, to our houseless brothers and sisters. Um, but you have begun this initiative to bring a tiny house village, um, to St. John's and, um, surprise this move, um, this, this doing good, what, what we believe or, and definitely what you as a church believe is the right thing to do, um, has been met with, um, uh, a lot of resistance.
0: Uh, <laughs> it was. It was actually you. You say surprise in a jokey way. I actually was. You, yeah. I didn't. Honestly, it seemed uh, like such a no-brainer to uh-huh. me. We've got. We've got all this land. We've got. And all this land for an urban church. For an urban church, it's not like we're sprawling, but we've got. We don't have
1: acres and acres.
0: We okay. Let's step back for the people listening to us. We have a giant field outside of our church, and giant field being uh, a half an acre. It's half an acre, and it's it's got some trees, huge for beautiful beautiful little park, and basically it's just been a park for years. I don't I don't know why it was purchased by our church, but our church purchased it a long time ago. And uh and it's been sitting there. It's been essentially a glorified dog park. Yeah. And dog parks are great. I love them, but there's also one like 2
1: blocks away, a huge one. Yeah. And so and th- there's a stewardship issue because there is a very high value on this piece of grass. Yeah.
0: So we've had um, developer after developer come to our church. When I first got hired at the church, a ton of developers were coming in regularly, trying to buy that land off us because they want to put up big uh, housing complexes, and they were willing to pay us a pretty penny for it. And I always said no.
1: Pro- pretty penny being probably roughly close to a million dollars,
0: more than a million dollars I could yeah. get for that.
1: Um, and the thing is.
0: I, I kept saying no and um, probably to the chagrin of uh, some of our people because, I honestly, we could do a lot of good with a million dollars. But I I feel like we as a church can't just do something because it gets us money. Mm. And um, and so I kept holding out. Like, we've got to use this for the best reason. And so we, mm. um, we were approached by... I was approached by a friend who's on the board at Do Good Multnomah, um, early, early, early this year. And he said, we've been trying to start this transitional tiny home village that'll be like a up to two year transitional locked home for a person. And it will also incorporate a program that helps people, um, find permanent housing and find jobs and gets them, uh, more responsibility and ownership of their life like the the program is good and this this nonprofit do good well noma has a has a good solid track record and i'm friends with a couple of the people there and like i i really strongly believe in their mission they're going to be running this it's going to be um very highly built by developers through money from the Joint Office of Homeless Services, I hear all this and I'm like, great, this will be wonderful. It'll be professionally done, cared for. All we're doing is like leasing the land. This should be a no-brainer. Everyone's going to get behind this, right? Because it's it's helping get homeless people off the streets and it's helping getting needles off of the streets as well. Yeah.
1: And it's doing it's doing the right thing because it's the right thing. Yeah, and so no one is going to get mad at this, right. right? There's there's no way, especially in a progressive city such as Portland,
0: right? You know? There's there's all those signs around here that say, "In our America, um, Black Lives Matter, uh, yeah. Love is Love, yeah. um, uh, Disabilities <laughs> are welcomed," and and I see immigrants uh-huh. and refugees are welcome, and I see all of this, and I'm like,
1: yeah. we've got a
0: bunch of like progressive woke folks here like everyone's going to be on board with helping the down and out and uh, it turns out the the poor are not um Mm. part of that i have looked at the signs since and um homelessness is not one of the things that's quote unquote in our america i like these things hadn't jumped out at me till this past year. Basically, okay, so we we vote on this as a church, we go forward with it um immediately, like it goes nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> like the next day. Yeah. The that next immediately. The next day um we had uh, a couple of weeks later about a 500 person meeting at our church where yeah I got screamed at um, it was a mob it didn't it didn't feel good but it you know like these are things that happen um I thought the church is done at this point like they're gonna back down and they huh. they didn't um and so if they didn't, I'm not gonna like <sighs> like honestly, I, I felt throughout this this mob never really stopped. Like it's yeah. uh, conversations have been better, but I'm going to jump ahead a lot and say this that this
1: was six six months ago. It was s- April. April. Yeah. yeah. So about so six about months. Six months ago. Um, when it
0: I I've honestly felt through the whole six months like the story of Moses, where um, he's overlooking the battle and like he has to hold Uh, the staff in the air and if if the staff ever goes down his army starts losing and so he's holding the staff in the air but like people have to come around him and hold his arms up to keep the staff in the air and i felt like that like i i've been on the front lines of this uh do good and the joint office of homeless services are doing all the work in this project but it turns out I've been the face of it. Huh. Like, I've been in the front. I've been the one that's been on the news. I've been the one that's been getting the, the phone calls and the, and the, hate, the, mail. the hate mail. lot of hate mail. <laughs> um, and so I've been sort of the public face of this. And I felt like Moses needing to hold my arms in the air. And I can do that. But it turns out you get really worn out and tired and exhausted. It's hard to be the public face, and um, and I didn't know that. I've learned that I never want to be president or anything like that. Yeah, thankless jobs are hard, and um, and so, uh, yeah, that's what I've been what I've been learning throughout the whole. Yeah, there's been there's been hate mail, phone calls, uh, two so far, lawsuit threats, and many more. Well. Um, In terms of uh, empty threats we've gotten of lawsuits, there's probably been like 200. Um, We've been getting a lot of uh, letters saying, I may sue you. But we've gotten two
1: official from lawyers lawsuit threats so far. Um, So, David, conventional wisdom. Let me pause you right there. Conventional wisdom um, says, with this much opposition, this probably isn't a great PR move. Um, and I, I know, I know that conventional wisdom escapes both you and I most of the time. Um, we are not usually, we're not known for our conventional wisdom. Um, but in kind of in, in, in theme of this show of, of being unsuccessful, like you, it, in many ways, like I think you're digging your own grave sort of, at least from like from a PR perspective. And yeah, (laughs) I could, I, and we, and this is where like, then as, uh, as, as the church, um, like the church, we're supposed to love our neighbors. We're supposed to, you know, bring good to the community. And, and when you think you're doing that, but then when you receive a lot of opposition and, and, I I do want to say, and I do want to kind of set the stage, or, or kind of s- set it clear, that you have gotten a lot of affirmation too. There's there, been yeah lots of, a lot of campaigns. You know, um, I'll say probably in favor. And
0: probably there's more. There's at least half of the people. I I'd say the vast majority of people um, in the area. Yeah, the vast majority. The, the vast majority kind of don't care. Yeah, yeah. Is so the thing like it's yeah. it's a it's a private property move? Who cares? Um, it, for the people that do care, it's split pretty evenly. Hmm. Like, but but in any situation in life, oppositional voices are louder. Yeah, that's uh. so. Let's let's be clear about that. There are a ton of supporters, and um, and honestly, there's a ton of people against the project who are more than anything. Trying to figure out how can we best serve everyone moving forward, and the I appreciate the heck out of um, yeah uh, that group as well. And and that's so that's they're, a they're, lot of people. they're
1: against or they're they're opposed to this particular project, but they still they still want to do good.
0: They still want to do good, and they they um if they're kind of uh, along the lines of if it's if it's going to happen um how how can we best serve everybody and it and they're very collaborative and that's kind of what I thought we'd be doing from the from beginning the um uh but you know it's like the vast majority of of um people opposed to the project are are very collaborative in their hearts and um even the ones who aren't we might get into this a little later like i i still have a really deep compassion yeah. for them yeah. um it's 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 been a weird situation i what was the question originally <laughs> i uh um, that, that there's a lot of support and a lot of opposition and then i totally interrupted you yeah i think was the thing
1: Wh- I mean, we interrupt each other. I I interrupt mostly. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's that's kind of what we do. Um, no. Here's here's what I'll say. I've I've been talking with my spiritual director about this for um uh, a couple of times now, and with um with my therapist as well. Um, there's this acronym that I didn't know until we announced this project. Uh, the acronym NIMBY. Had, yep. had you heard that no. NIMBY, well, not in my backyard? Um, yeah, I there- mean, the,
1: so, so the, pe- there was a project. Um, I mean, the 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 city has been looking in North Portland for some time. And so I've kind of, you know, been on some of those conversations and some of the proposed properties. You know, that's when I first heard the, the NIMBY. Some of the other proposed properties, not yours. Um, but yeah, so... Us so,
0: so there's this acronym NIMBY, and it's yep. it's used often um, because there there is this phenomenon, and it's it's very real where yeah. people will be yeah. for a project yeah, yeah. unless it's really close yeah. to their house, yeah, and yeah. and it happens uh, with uh, houselessness initiatives mostly. It, well, it happens um, with ev- it, it everything. It happens with almost everything, um, and. Here's the thing: Every time someone says "nimby," and they say it all the time, you hear it in all of these things, and I get it because y- you kind of just want to refer to a person or a group of people. It it makes me deeply uncomfortable because uh. it feels like um, uh. pushing aside an entire group of people and just like blanketing all of them um, as so, yeah. as one. And and here's the thing, I. I know personally um this st- people and their stories who who aren't in favor of this particular project and who haven't been in favor of other projects that were in their backyard and um and to me I have like a deep mm. strange odd compassion mm. for these folks because I don't think of them as as bad or evil or even wrong i see like i i see myself in them in a lot of ways because um were i not exposed to the stories of a lot of uh poor and homeless folks yeah i i yeah. would feel the same way honestly there are um there are folks who are homeless who make messes. There are folks who shoot up who are homeless. And and it's easy to see um, all homeless people as mm. those types of folks. And um, it wasn't until I started getting to know the people who are sleeping on our property at, at the church um, and hearing story after story of people who just like they got in a car accident and they didn't have insurance and they lost their house and they had no family around and suddenly they're homeless. Like these, these are real stories and they're like stories of, I lost my job and I lost my, um, I wasn't able to pay my rent and they kicked me out. Those stories are a whole lot more common and Then you hear statistics like um, 90% of females uh, who become homeless will be sexually assaulted in the first 72 hours that they're homeless. Like You hear these things and suddenly you have a deep, deep compassion for folks living on the street. And to me, when I hear people refer to NIMBYs,
1: which I, is almost always used in a negative. It's
0: used in a derogatory way. Yeah. It's used in a derogatory way and um when I hear that I think no they're they're not bad they just haven't been exposed to the stories enough. And oh, and man. so I've I've had this weird compassion and um and my spiritual director um kind of got me to a point where <laughs> I said out loud and I I I really didn't like saying this. And I really, like, I don't know if I believe it in these words yet. Hmm. But I think a good chunk of my ministry going forward is going to be a ministry to rich white folks. <laughs> like, not because... um, I just feel like there are there are people who are very privileged in society who just haven't experienced the type of stories that um that change a person's heart and um, and I feel like through this project i've I've realized how many people are unfamiliar with the stories of the poor and the beaten down in society
1: I think i I have this image right now and I've just the last couple of weeks, I've, I've been meditating on the passion of Christ. And so I have this image of Jesus being rejected, being cursed at, being spat upon. And what, what, what is his response during that? When he's on the cross and he looks down at the people who put him there, who are literally killing him, and he has a broken heart. He says, Father, forgive them not not out of anger not out of spite but just with like tears streaming down his face saying so that they, they don't know they haven't experienced it they they haven't heard the stories they 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 haven't sat with the people who are hurting and are broken and they just don't know david i i know like you and i we're pastors. Um, we, we aren't just podcasters full time. Um, you know, surprise. We're barely podcasters.
0: <laughs> That's true. We, we took six months off by accident. Yep. We just do this six, when we do six it. Six
1: months just like went, came and went, and like, <laughs> whoa, what, what, what happened? Where did that time go? Um, but our, our call, and, and I, I think I'm not being presumptuous here with you. Um, but we, uh, um, our job is not just to do good. Um, even though that that is necessary, what what we have a heart for is to see a, a, a transformation in people's hearts. And so, any social work that that we do, and and we do a, a lot of it. There there is a need for for justice work. There is. But there's a deeper need there too, and if we just stop there, that that's not enough. If we just house the homeless, that's not enough. If if we if we just take care of the social aspects, that's that that's not en- enough. It it is primary. Yeah and and i i don't want to discredit that because i think the church has skipped over that to try to get to a deeper level. I don't think we can get to a deeper level. I don't think we can get to a deeper transformation without participating in in the social and the justice work. Yeah. Um but there there is that deeper level of transformation that that God has invited us into. And and as pastors our heart breaks for people to experience that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um I think I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that's a weird weird phrase, huh? <laughs> like <laughs> why would you do that? Um uh when you said that it's it's primary um I've <sighs> I have a hard time with this balance of of sharing the sharing the gospel and just doing good, um, but I think I think there is an order to it for certain people. Like there there are folks who are never going to hear a word of the gospel or a word of good news yeah. if their life is all bad news. Yeah. yeah. Um. For a person who's, um, who's slept in the rain, if you share about Jesus dying on the cross for their sins, and they still don't have a place to sleep tonight, the story of Jesus isn't going to mean jack. Um, if, uh, if, like, I don't know, let's take it in a different direction, like, um, uh if if there's like a african american teenager who's experiencing um consistent harassment by um authority figures and you tell him or her uh, jesus died for your sins mm-hmm. but you're not doing anything to uh correct the injustice they're facing constantly mm-hmm. they're not they're not going to hear any good news there mhm there there seems to be and this is 35 year old me who may realize that he's wrong in 10 years or whatever i don't know but there seems to be an order to it when someone's experiencing a tremendous amount of injustice like you need to do good before you you speak good is that i mean does that
1: sound right or am i completely off base
0: <laughs> i i don't know yeah no i i i, f-
1: I, f- I- I think that the doing good is a result of this deeper transformation. Oh um, uh, yeah yeah yeah. And and so you, the they're not they're not um s- s- uh, separable, I guess. Um like when when we've experienced this transformation, it propels us to to doing good. Um and so, like we we do the right things because they're the right things because we've had a transformation of our heart because you know, like yes. as a Christian, I believe strongly because Jesus comes and changes our our life. He he reorients, you know, the the way that we think. Um, and and so it's not to do good just just because or not, or not. I mean that there there is a deeper level there, and so our oh, our our task, I think, and this is where I, I feel heavy as as a pastor is is not just to go do good, but is it's to journey with people through this this life of of transformation, to experience transformation that results in a doing good, um, and so it does become very natural, I, I I think, and I would I would hope that every pastor, um, would feel this when we're doing good. And when we receive opposition for doing what God has called us to do, um, we have a compassion on that opposition because like, Oh, if, and, and it's a, it's a sadness. It's not an anger. It's not like, I just wish you would just Move and die and and get get out of my way it's this sadness because they are missing out on this deep compassion, this grace i I think you know like when we experience that grace that God gives us and that we see through Christ on the cross, that propels us to to do good to treat people kindly right right
0: yeah yeah it's um they they call it fighting the good fight and it feels like a fight at times and i i don't i don't like to to put it in those terms because i'm i'm probably not entirely a pacifist but i'm i i lean very strongly in that direction and i don't like the ter- like i don't like that kind of um uh language of of it being a fight but it it feels that way when you're trying to communicate to people who've just never understood the truth that um, uh, when you're trying to make a neighborhood good and safe and the best it can be you need to do that for um everyone in the neighborhood. All you know, not just white people, but people of color, not just um men, but women and um uh non-binary folks and, and people who are housed yeah. and people, people who who
1: look different, think are different, than houseless. Us, smell different They're, than us.
0: There's like there's a wide um birth of people in the community yeah. and uh and to say you're destroying the community my response is like well there are problems with the community <laughs> like mm. um yeah and and fixing those problems will always come with some pain like there there always has to be some sort of um uh giving up of ourselves in order to make life mm. better for someone else that's always going to be the case mm. and um yeah it it sucks and i understand that it feels to some like we're forcing that on people because i mean mm. well we kind of are right like yeah <laughs> i yeah. mean the the fact of the matter is we we kind of are doing that but um but i personally believe deep in my soul that that um, that there are people in our town who are um, suffering greatly and until we do something about it, we're not being the, the best kind of people. Um, from a faith perspective, I would say the people God wants us to be, but honestly, just the best, most compassionate type of people. Mm. We're not... Until we uh, care for people who've been kicked in the stomach by society and are mm. just bleeding on the ground, sometimes literally. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh. Okay, I want to go back to um, to this newfound call that, that you have to minister to rich white people. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, it should, should, should make for for fun next couple of years. Um, I don't. I don't even like saying that I know, because I know that because the terminology gets G- it gets lost and well, it's hard because uh, because yeah. I want to care for the Everybody. most vulnerable yeah, yeah. in society. And that, I'm I'm yeah. thinking of Jesus right now and like who did who who was Jesus' ministry directed towards? Um, and I I don't know if we can like make a a clear cut um statement about like oh well Jesus came to minister primarily to the vulnerable to the least of these Jesus interacted with every person in society on all different levels um and Jesus ministered to the pharisees to the the, the religious elite like he was actually one of them um you know one of that he uh, would have been considered a rabbi you know so he he had this social status that you know just kind of followed him because because he was smart and because he was learned and because he um and he had disciples so um people took him seriously he had a platform um but then he he brought the child he invited the children to come forward he had you know women disciples and and um you know women who cared about him and he spoke truth and, and value into their lives um but then he dined with again with the the aristocrats of the society that that he was in um he had some wealthy wealthy patrons some some people who were of great means um that he was friends with and uh and so it's it's hard for it's hard for us to say Jesus came to just to to love the homeless, you know, like yeah. Yeah, here's here's where I would here's what I would say.
0: Um, you have like, um, uh, Luke four and other passages where Jesus talks about coming to bring sight to the blind and bring um yeah uh whatever a um, hope to the hopeless, hope to the hopeless, um, hope to the um those um yeah. Anyway, I. Uh, we have um we have passages like that but um i also look at jesus's conversations with pharisees and sadducees yeah. there there yeah. are many of them i don't i think jesus came just as much for them to minister to them um and here's here's what i've been thinking about for a while ministry and um Service, Christian service, is always going to look harsher to people who've been privileged by society. Jesus had um, mm. just as much a ministry to the Pharisees, but his words were a lot more cutting to them because, um, well, to whom who's been given much more yeah. is expected. Like his. His words are a lot more biting and a lot more cutting toward them
1: because uh they were well off and they um Jesus said it first. I'm just going back to that quote, you should get like a meme, the Peter Parker Spider Man quote. Um, <laughs> and say like Jesus said it first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. Um there's uh they they had um like their words are more cutting if yeah. you if you have a lot and you're asked to give some away whether it's money or or service or your time or whatever like that's a lot more painful than if you're in the dumps and um you're mm. you're given help to be built up and um and and we've got a lot like a whole lot of pastors and Christian leaders in our area who have felt this deep calling to care for the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah. there's also a cutting word or two that I think Jesus has for the... Um, but a compassionate cutting word that Jesus has for um, for people that, quite frankly, I kind of relate to. I'm yeah. by... I'm barely over the poverty line, according to uh, like our, <laughs> according to what Oregon says is poverty, and yet on a on a world basis, I'm incredibly rich. I have a master's degree, so I could get a job pretty easily, and I'm white and yeah. a man, and I could um, like I have a lot of privilege in society because of those things, like. I relate pretty strongly in these ways to um some of the people who've done pretty well in society, and yet Jesus constantly has cutting words for me, yeah, yeah. and i and I feel like a compassion toward people who haven't been uh given the the um kind of life lessons that hmm. I think
1: Jesus has for them. Yeah, I I look at Jesus in many ways as a bridge. Um and so I I think how, you know, how many relationships in in our in our lives, in our society are we called to be bridges to 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 love the vulnerable but then to walk alongside of the ignorant um or um or those who you know, hue accusations, um, to journey with them yeah. that they too may have a deep love and a compassion. Um and, and not in a judge, judgmental way. Like I Jesus had some harsh words, but I, I don't I don't think he ever really I don't know, like he, he didn't judge the religious elite like
0: like we, I mean, he we did. Do, yeah, he
1: he did, but not in the ways that we do. Like, he didn't write them off. I I still think that he he saw them um, as as part of the problem. You know, like Jesus came to, to get this transformation again, like seeking to to bring about a transformation of an entire society. And and you look at some of those, like you look at um, Nicodemus, and I th- I think of Zacchaeus. Um, you know, you talk about rich white man. You know, like here you've got Zacchaeus, this wealthy tax collector, who, because Jesus actually loved him too, you see a a, a transformed life. You see this transformation that that happens um, in in his life, and and so Jesus didn't I don't know, he he didn't draw lines, um, and he he had compassion on on everybody and and again bringing us to the end to the cross where the people who are just cursing him and he he just has a deep love and a deep compassion and the sadness for them and so you know my it it is really hard not to get angry at people when they get mad at you and when they hurl accusations at at us um so I'm reminded like ah just go deeper and and that compassion has to come from a place that is not not human, um, that is beyond us. Because um, it I think in a lot of ways it, it's hmm, it's easier for for you to build a tiny house village than it is for you to love the people who are threatening to sue you. Um yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um I uh, there's there's a lot of times that I've I've gone home this year and I've I've thought thoughts that um I I shouldn't have uh and and honestly like I I once I heard I heard Rob Bell talking years and years and years ago about um how like it was it was right after Velvet Elvis came out and um he was he was getting mm. uh, accused of heresy mm. by some. Uh little did he know how much more those uh kinds of accusations would come. But I remember him saying, uh, these these words um basically give me the opportunity to either um Give in to the anger I feel or to become a more forgiving person hmm. and uh and I think he's right like i um i i i think some thoughts and I feel some things whenever I get uh an email like i've I've heard some things about me this year that <laughs> are are so bonkers hmm. and and untrue and and i want to respond to some of them and um and i i just i remember like this is this is the time when you practice forgiveness mm. <laughs> when when you really feel um incredibly attacked and and assaulted by people um at the same time this will sound like I've I've got it all figured out and all together and it's uh I'll be real it's it's a daily yeah daily yeah. learning <laughs> I I I go home pretty miffed or um or depressed m- many nights yeah so it's this is this is a new kind of thing for me I didn't expect any of this in all my time at um seminary and college I I I didn't hear about like I've got a friend who did a did a kind of ministry and got death threats from it. I like I I never I never heard about that in seminary. It's it's a new one for me.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and then to you get a you get to carry the weight of that. So, um, yeah. Right. Yeah. But
0: it's you know, it's good. It's good. I wouldn't I wouldn't change this year at mm. all. I um mm. I mean I would like I would want to, <laughs> but but I've grown a lot. I've learned a lot and honestly, like I think our our whole community is better because of it. Yeah. There are people who are still vehemently opposed to this project and yet they're having honest conversations yeah. about um, what can be done to help homeless people? Yeah. They wouldn't have done that had we not that. announced this thing, and yeah. that's, that's a win. Honestly, that's a that's a huge win. <sighs> yeah. So, I'm gonna hmm. I'm gonna say that God's doing something. Hmm.
1: Well, David, um, thanks for talking and sharing. Um, I want to leave us with with this verse, this thought. Um this just this last weekend I preached out of 2nd Th- Thessalonians chapter 3 and Paul gives this verse towards the end of the book and he says do not grow weary of doing good. And doing good, doing the right thing because it's the right thing can be exhausting. Um and in my hope my prayer is that you know we may oh, we may find encouragement, we may find continued strength and joy um, from, again, from this deeper deeper place, this transformation in which we experienced um, and may somehow, maybe slowly, ever so slowly, may that catch fire. Um, And as people look at our compassion, may they too um, be moved um, and may they seek to... Do the right thing, and never be weary of doing good. So, yeah,
0: good That's thoughts. Good. That's a good word. Well, uh, well, uh, for the Unsuccess Podcast, I'm David. And I'm Josh, and we'll see you next time.